What if your mouth could talk? I know that sounds silly. Of course your mouth can talk. But is it really telling you what you need to know? Today, we have a very special guest, Dr. Kami Haas, who is a board-certified dentist, here to speak to us about some things you probably don't know about your mouth, your face, your body, your child's body, all those kinds of things, and especially about the immunity that we pass on to our children even before they're born. So join us today and listen to this amazing podcast with Dr. Haas. He is a uh, on the board of counselors for the UCLA School of Dentistry and a co-founder of the Super Dentist, which is one of the largest dental groups in Southern California. He is also the author of a book called If Your Mouth Could Talk, an in-depth guide to oral health and its impact on your entire life. And he'll tell us more about what is in that book today. So join us now and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Mary Jo Tinlin from Teaching Your Toddler, and today we are welcoming Dr. Kami Haas. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Let, why don't you take a few minutes and introduce yourself and uh, tell us about you, about you and about your book and all of the things that we would we should know about you. Well, wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. My name is Dr. Kami Haas. I'm an orthodontist and dental facial orthopedist, a mouthful. Um, and my wife is a pediatric dentist. And over 25 years ago, we founded a practice called the Super Dentist. As you can imagine, it's a really amazing, fun pediatric dental practice with orthodontics. 25 years later, we have more than 25 doctors in our practice, you know, mostly pediatric dentists, some orthodontists, some general dentists, some other specialists and hygienists. And so it's become one of the largest group dental practices in Southern California. And over the years, I've always heard the same questions from parents, you know, Dr. Haas, is fluoride safe? Isn't this just baby teeth? You know, isn't my child too young or aren't I too old? And so over the years, I kind of felt like there are a lot of things that I just don't have the time as a doctor in the practice to sit down with a per person, with a, usually it's a parent and usually a mom, you know, uh, and to answer these questions. So I decided to write a book, If Your Mouth Could Talk. <laughs> and that book, uh, I'm very glad that in April when it was released, it became a number one national seller in the medical group, uh, books, which makes me think that this is an important topic that people really want to learn about oral Absolutely. health and how it impacts people's lives, not just about cavities and crooked teeth, which is really a symptom of the problem of oral health or oral diseases, but really what it's links to almost every part of our body from literally, you know, health of pregnancy and fertility to airway and sleep to longevity to chronic diseases, how kids do in school. Uh, and so all of that. And so I was very excited that this book was released a couple months ago. And uh, anyways, uh, I've been spending a lot of time really discussing and talking it and trying to educate the public about the importance of oral health. Absolutely. It's all those questions that you may not think to answer or to ask when you're at the appointment, right? You're worried about your kid and all those things. So it's wonderful to have that resource, I'm sure, for parents. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And, and uh, writing a book is Thank a you. really uh, great accomplishment too, isn't it? It's, uh, it's wonderful to be able to say you're an author as well. It is a lot of work. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. The marketing part is actually, to me, the, the hardest part. The writing part might be actually kind of easy. The marketing part is hard, right? Yeah, no, that's true. Even I think in any business, in my dental practice too, but I've always been lucky that marketing is one of my favorite things to do. And so when we're building our practice, as you can imagine, dentistry is actually one of the top fears, you know, after public speaking, I believe uh, dentistry is the number two uh, most feared thing. And that those fears are usually based on our childhood experiences, right? We mm -hmm. have those either we have positive experiences, or many of us, 30 to 40 million Americans who have dental phobia, 
have had bad experiences as children. So when we started our practice, and especially because initially we were really primarily pediatrics, you know, later we started seeing the parents as well, but um, we really focused on making sure the office was fun. And that's one of the reasons why we built this whole world of superheroes and villains, and we made movies and augmented reality and told stories. So kids um, really find an emotional engagement when, it, when they come to the office, so they love our characters and our stories, and they see some of our superheroes in our offices and our storytelling you know, through different avenues. So, and so we've really built a practice that kids love. So, and the reason that's so important is because if you love uh, the dentist and you love taking care of your mouth, then you're going to go to the dentist and you're going to take care of your mouth. And so children yes. can grow up with healthier mouths, which again, impacts every part of their life from professional, personal successes to their health and longevity and self-confidence and everything else in between. Wow. I had no idea that it was that high that, I mean, that's over 10% of us that have had some kind of bad experience with a dentist. That's amazing. Well, it sounds like you've done a really good job of bridging that for kids. Um, I'd love to talk about sort of our, our main topic is, um, you know, as, as things have loosened up with mask mandates and things like that, and kids are starting to take their masks off, you have made some observations about kids um, and their dental, as it relates to their den dental health and, and all of that. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a 10-year-old myself, and so um, he started the school, you know, during COVID uh, for about a year and a half with mask on and everybody else like in his class. And so a couple of months ago, or maybe longer, three, four months ago, when they finally, most of the kids were vaccinated in his age group, the school gave kids the option in, in, in that school. They said, hey, if you guys want to come in with that mask, that's fine. If you want to do it, out of the 18 people in his class, only one person kept the mask on just because um, there were some medical conditions of the family that they had to be more protective. But all the other kids, my son asked me about my opinion. I say, hey, what do you think you want to do? You're vaccinated. If you want to do it, go for it. If you're not. And he decided to take his mask off. And uh, it, it really changed the dynamic of how these kids were interacting with each other and with the teachers. And it's, you know, th this idea of mask, you know, putting the politics of it aside, it blocks the way we, we see each other, right? Your smile is a, the, the, one, the first when you meet somebody, you meet their, you see their eyes and their mouth. They've actually had uh, a, a, a studies that they followed people's eye patterns to see what you remember about a person. So when I meet you for the first time, I'm looking at your eyes and your mouth, like a little triangular area. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I'm going to remember you. So when we cover up most of our face, it really doesn't uh, let us get close to each other and see what the other ex person's experiencing. Our smile makes us feel happier. It, it produces all sorts of endorphins and serotonins and make us feel great and happy and reduces our stress. And because a smile is contagious, we give the same mental health benefits to the other person that we give in the smile too. So smiling is such an important part of uh, development, especially for little kids. Uh, just to tell you how important it is, the first five years of a child's development is super critical. I think we all know as parents. The reason, one of the reasons is because the brain at birth is about 25% of its final size, while age five is already 90% of its final size. So those first five years, it's so critical in the not only in the, uh, in, in, in the uh, development of the brain from a learning perspective, from also how the child feels about themselves, their self-confidence, their self-esteem, their self-worth, and uh, the impact of the peers on that person and that developing child is so critical, you know? Uh, so if a child has poor oral health, or for some reason that they, they don't like their smile and they don't want to smile, it impacts, you know, they don't want to uh, draw attention to their smile so they may not raise their hand school they can Im impact their 
academic work and their school work and their confidence and their self-esteem and those actions and reactions from other kids and their peers and the school and the parents and all the other stuff will have long lasting impact, right? Many times just throughout their life. So mm -hmm. what happens with those first few years is so critical in the social development of a child, in the intellectual development of the child and the physical development of the child. Wow. That's, I mean, wrapped up. That is, there's so much wrapped up in that, especially for, like you said, little kids. I mean, some of these kids, little guys, maybe the listeners, little kids, they've spent maybe half their life with a mask on, right? And they yeah. don't, they haven't seen those things and made those connections, like you said, and that's got to cause some stress for them, I'm guessing. A hundred percent. I think as a society, we're probably going to see the, some of the damages in the coming years, unfortunately. So, um, you know, so because we understand this, so maybe this is a good uh, discussion. In fact, hey, we know that if you cover your smile, it's probably not a good thing for that child, you know, from a psychological perspective, from the mental health perspective. So think about it. If you also your child doesn't have good oral health, they're not happy with their teeth. You know, they have crooked teeth. They're yellow. They're, they've lost their teeth. You know, mm -hmm. they have an overbite. They have an underbite. It's not only what the kids think of themselves, but depending on how the teeth look, other kids have a different behavior. For example, when you, you have an underbite, other kids treat you like you're a mean person. And when you have an overbite, kids and parents think you're not as intelligent. It has nothing to do with this, of course, but mm -hmm. that's the perception of other mm -hmm. kids. And then when you're treated that way for many months and many years, over and over, you start believing those things. Mm -hmm. So it's such a, uh, from a psychological perspective alone, it's such an important thing that we really make sure that our children are really happy with their smile, mm -hmm. but also for many other reasons. If you have dental pain, it probably impacts your nutrition, right? Mm -hmm. it's, uh, you probably avoid the hard to chew vegetables and mm -hmm. fruits that are so important for your intellectual development and physical development. If you have toothache, it probably impacts your sleep, right? If I had a toothache, I can't accurately sleep. Mm -mm. And when you don't sleep enough, it, especially as a child, it impacts every part of your you know, mental health, you know, it, you, your behavior, your attention in school, how you, you, how you talk, you know, some kids become more aggressive. Some mm -hmm. kids get a little bit, you know, more tired and they just can't pay attention. And, and, and if you had a pain, you know, as an adult, I, I, would, I would ask any parent, if you had a toothache, would you be able to sit in class and listen to your teacher? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't either, right? So uh, there was a study done at USC in Los Angeles a few years ago that showed that kids with dental problems are three times more likely to miss school and four times more likely to get below average grade. And because all the things that we discussed is the reason behind it. Because when that study first came out, it was a shock, shock to many parents. Like, I don't understand what is my child's dental health has to do with their, the grades they get at school. Mm -hmm. Well, we've discussed all these areas that a child's oral health can impact their behavior, their sleep, their nutrition, their confidence, you know, all of those things, which impacts every part of their life, including their education. Absolutely. So as parents, what do we need to do? What, how, how do we, besides, you know, our sort of our regular checkups that we have, how can we kind of decode or decipher if our child has some of those issues that you just listed? What a great question. Your children's oral health starts in the womb, right? When they're, born, when they're formed. Um, so a, a, a healthy pregnancy goes a long way to make sure it, it starts really from a mother's health of healthy mm -hmm. pregnancy. So we always encourage pregnant mothers 
to make sure they go to the uh, dentist just as much as they used to go. Make sure that your teeth are healthy, your gums are healthy, your airway, which is an extension of your mouth. Uh, mm -hmm. Let me just kind of quickly touch upon that and I'll get back to this. So your mouth for your audience, I just want them to think about this, that your mouth is more than just these teeth that are in your mouth. Your maxilla co covers all the bottom areas of your eye. It's half of your cheekbones. Mm -hmm. It's your nasal bones or the maxilla, your upper jaw. And the lower jaw is obviously the lower third. So your upper jaw and the lower jaw is pretty much the whole face, except your eyes and your forehead. So it really did oral development or the mouth development impacts airway, mm -hmm. right? And airway can impact every cell, especially in children when, when airway and oxygen intake is so critical for their physical development, intellectual development, and their sleep as well. So because mm. if they can't breathe really well, they can lead to snoring and worse sleep apnea, which could be devastating for anybody, especially children. But going back to, uh, as parents, what we can do. Healthy pregnancy is the first thing. We wanna make sure the mother's health is, is critical. Obviously, they, you know, they need to make sure their gums are healthy during pregnancy, which means they need to take care of their oral health at home themselves. Uh, because it can not only impact their own health during pregnancy, but the health of the baby, the timing of birth. Poor oral health can potentially increase the risk of uh, preterm birth or low birth weight. So it can cause potential problems uh, with the child. And, and then as the baby's born, the oral, the oral microbiome of the, all the caregivers, that includes mom, dad, brother, sister, nanny, grandparents, mm -hmm. even the house pet, the oral mm -hmm. microbiome of all of these caregivers can get passed on to the baby. Because when the baby is born, there's no microbes. Uh, the baby gets their first dose of microbes, uh, oral microbiome and the, the other part of the gut microbiome when they're traveling through the birth canal. Wow. Then with, through breastfeeding and the touching and the kissing and all the things that happens uh, through the, uh, the first couple of years, that microbiome first starting with the mouth because the mouth is the gateway to the body. And then the, as the baby swallows, the gut microbiome, which is really so critical, and it impacts you know, your immune system and your digestion, also hosts of things that we're learning more and more about that uh, with, as we do more and more research. So this, this oral microbiome starts developing. So some of the things that moms can do or parents can do is ideally, if you can, and I understand this is a complicated decision. There are many factors why some women can't breastfeed, but breastfeeding, it's a really good start for a baby's oral health because it not only provides the right nutrition for the developing mouth, but it also provides the right oral microbes and also the right prebiotics, which is the right food for the right microbes in the, in the mouth. So you get a good balance, healthy sets of microbes in your mouth. Mm -hmm. And then the, also the breastfeeding itself, it, it helps the muscles of the face, uh, the usage of correction of the correct mm -hmm. usage of them. It teaches the baby to breathe through the nose and nasal breathing helps with the correct and healthy development of the nose and the mouth. And then as the baby gets older, we wanna make sure that they get the, they use the right oral care products. So as the baby teeth start coming in, I, my really important message to all parents is that please take baby teeth very seriously. Hmm. Baby teeth, just like babies are precious. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why we have two sets of teeth. Baby teeth are not just a set of teeth that we can just give it no importance because they're gonna lose it anyways. Hmm. This is probably one of the biggest lessons I always try to teach my the parents in my practice, like baby teeth are so critical for the oral development of the child, for the physical development of the child, for the airway development of the child. Um, and so it's really important that we take good attention to it. So yes, you can, you should take your child to the pediatric dentist. As soon as the baby teeth start erupting, which is usually about six months of age, which is sooner than most parents do. In fact, only 16% yeah. of parents take their kids to a pediatric dentist by age one. It should be 100%. Wow. Because pediatrician have little to no education on oral health. And that's mm -hmm. what usually the group that parents rely on to get their dental education, right? 
-hmm. and the oral care products that you use uh, at home are critical. You mm -hmm. want to use oral care products that are safe, completely safe, but also completely effective. Mm -hmm. And those are not very easily uh, go together. Mm -hmm. There are most products on the market are have potential toxicity for especially young kids mm -hmm. because for example fluoride which is fine for older kids and if you have a very high risk uh, population because it does make the teeth more uh, protected protects against cavities but it does have toxicities when you swallow a lot of it especially the younger uh, you are so mm -hmm. for the younger children i do not recommend fluoride for almost 80 90 percent of children i recommend this other ingredient called nano hydroxyapatite which is really what our own natural teeth is made out of 97% of the enamel and 70% of dentin is made out of this mineral, which is a calcium phosphate called hydroxyapatite. But anyways, so you, you should really, as parents, we learn how to read, you know, labels for food. We want to make sure we put, we, we eat healthy as if we're, let's just say breastfeeding, or if we're putting food in our ch children's mouth, we research everything. We want to make sure they eat veg their vegetables and whatever, but we don't really are not even educated, we don't even really know that it's important what the child puts in their mouth twice a day, which is their toothpaste and their mouthwash mm -hmm. and all the other stuff. Well, not only they swallow almost every single time they put it in the mouth because it gets uh, mixed with the saliva, mm -hmm. uh, and the younger the children are, the less they've developed their uh, swallowing reflexes, but also these oral care products, they get absorbed through the mucosal tissues in the mouth mm -hmm. and get, they enter the bloodstream and they go everywhere in the body. So it's really important that parents educate themselves about the ingredients that they're asking their kids to put their mouth twice a day. Okay. And so then, so that's, uh, that's another thing, uh, of course, because we want to take care of our teeth twice a day and then you only go to the dentist twice a year. So that's important, but that's only two days out of the year. What happens right. the other 363 days is also very critical. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Wow. Those were that, a lot of things that you said there. I had no idea about the development and just how important, like you had said about nursing and all those things. Gosh, that was that was fabulous. Um, I, uh, so, I mean, you know, we think, and I think something interesting that you said about, um, you know, our tie of like that microbiome with the whole family, right. And all, all yep. of the people that are interacting with our kids, what about for parents? Is there, are there things that you would like parents to know about themselves, about their own oral health? Yeah. I mean, the number one thing a child needs is a healthy parent. Mm -hmm. So we should, we should never ignore the parents. And that's really why, even though we started our practice as a pediatric practice, after several years, we're like, hey, if we want to, what's the best thing we can do for this child is to make sure that the parents are also healthy, right? Because there's no way in, you know, in silo have this healthy child when you have mm -hmm. unhealthy parents around them. So uh, parents, the same thing. So you want to make sure that obviously you take your oral health very seriously because not only impacts your health, but it impacts your child's health. If you're gonna have baby epigenetically, a lot of the things that happen in your body can be passed on to your child and their child, you know, for a couple of generations. So, wow. so if, if you don't have enough incentive to take care of yourself, remember what you do and how you take care of your body and your health will impact your children for many generations potentially. So let's get back to your, the health of the parents. So you wanna make sure that from three areas, your teeth, your gums, and your airway, that's really the three areas of the mouth that you want to make sure your mouth is healthy. Um, your teeth, uh, also, I want everybody to remember that your teeth are not these dead objects in the mouth that you just need to polish them twice a day with the toothbrush and polish it even better by the dentist twice a year. <laughs> teeth have living structures inside. They're very much alive on the inside. Uh, so like every uh, organ in the body, they need nutrients. Mm -hmm. So your teeth need some basic nutrients like calcium they also need vitamin d and vitamin k2 and vitamin mm -hmm. a 
vitamin A, we almost all of us in the US get enough, but vitamin D and vitamin K2, 90% of the population in the United States, we don't get enough of them. You know, wow. we're indoors all the time, so we don't have enough vitamin D and vitamin K2 because of our changes in our quote unquote modern diet. Mm -hmm. uh, we were depleted of these two vitamins. Why I mentioned this is because it doesn't matter how much calcium you take, it, it cannot be deposited in your teeth and your bones, which you need calcium for healthy teeth and bone without mm -hmm. these two vitamins. So you really need to either take these uh, vitamins through additional diets or getting really healthy food and walking outside and getting some exercise in the sun, or you make sure you get it supplemented with supplements or oral care products that have these nutrients in it. So you, that's, the, that's from the nutritional perspective, but mm -hmm. you also wanna make sure your teeth are healthy. How do we do that? Well, let me tell you a statistics that may surprise you to tell you how we're doing things right now is not working. Right now, half of the adults around age 30 and more than 70% of people over age 65 have gum disease. These wow. are CDC numbers. So obviously what we're doing and how we're brushing and flossing is not working. So let's mm -hmm. kind of rethink about how we're supposed to do it. First of all, we, we got to get out of this uh, mindset that our mouth, we got to kill 99.9% .9 of our germs as advertised on some of these oral care product models. <laughs> Again, if I came to you and I said, hey, Major, if uh, I, I found a cure for or prevention for all diseases, take two antibiotics every day that kills 99% of your germs just preventively, and you should, you should never get sick. <laughs> you would probably say, well, this podcast is over. Let's talk uh, offline. Because <laughs> you would never do that, right? Because we all know we take a few days of antibiotics. We get stomach aches. Now, antibiotics are critical if you have a serious infection. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, if you need it. But to take it twice a day preventively, it's just nuts, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what we do that for our mouth, we don't even think about it. We take this mouth antiseptic mouthwash that proudly says, kills 99.9% .9 of germs on it. We take toothpaste on top of it that kills nine, you know, it's antibiotic or mm -hmm. if we're in the quote unquote natural camp, and let's just say we, we're in the, not in the conventional, we've heard fluoride is bad. So we're like, okay, we're gonna get, we don't know what's in it, but as long as it says natural on it must be good. Mm -hmm. But many natural products, if not most of them have now replaced all these things that we know are bad and toxic, like chemical antibiotics, Mm -hmm. with antibacterial herbal versions, for example, these essential oils like peppermint oil and you know, tea tree oil and, and mm -hmm. eucalyptus oil, which may have some benefits in other areas, but they absolutely never belong in your mouth because they mm -hmm. also have very potent antibiotics. So we wanna kind of follow the way nature intended, which is give your mouth prebiotics. Prebiotics keeps the balance of the healthy microbes, but reduces the bad microbes in your mouth. This is the same thing you would do to stay healthy, right? You take probiotics mm -hmm. or prebiotics. Now, probiotics are not really effective for the mouth as much as prebiotics. So that's mm -hmm. another group. And then, of course, you want to make sure that your teeth are supported from the outside and the inside. Either if you're older and have a high-risk person, you can consider using fluoride. But if you have a young child, like a toddler, mm -hmm. uh, and they don't, have, you know, they don't have access to too many sweets, then this nanohydroxyapatite is an unbelievably safe ingredient now. FDA only has approved uh, fluoride in the United States as an anti-cavity agent. I want to be very clear. Okay. But in many countries around the world, you know, Japan, and hydroxyapatite has been used for 30 years as their gold standard. In Canada, it was approved in 2015 for anti-cavity. So uh, we're hoping that FDA is going to catch up with all these other countries and actually recognize an ingredient that's been around for decades and it's been incredibly safe and effective. And it has a lot of other benefits for adults, like you mentioned. It actually naturally whitens your teeth. It reduces the sensitivity because if you bleach your teeth, it actually makes your teeth sensitive. This mm -hmm. ingredient, it naturally whitens, it reduces sensitivity, it reduces plaque, 
uh, it's like a really an incredible ingredient that, uh, that I, I really love and I would advise everybody to include it in their oral care products. Oh, wow. We'll find the link for that and make sure that that's in the show notes because I'm guessing a lot of people, this is news to them. That's that's yeah. fantastic. Well, I, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to ask you just from your book, I know you have a lot of gems in there. What yeah. is one or two sort of little known things that people should know that you have in your book? Perfect. By the way, everything I spoke today, uh, I have it in my book. And then, of okay. course, a full list like on oral care products. We, I have 20 pages dedicated on exactly what ingredients you should be looking for in toothpaste and mouthwash and mouth spray. And what is the toothbrush and floss? Because no, all of these, we, so I, this is the question I get asked all the time. Dr. Huss, for example, is mouthwash good or bad? And my answer to that is like, is food good or bad? Mm -hmm. When we have good food and we have bad food, it's the same thing with everything. So by the way, everything we spoke uh, in detail, I go through it in my book. But but really uh, the biggest message to your um, audience, I, I, I always say is that I want everybody to think about their mouth in a much, much bigger way than just teeth. Again, your mouth is, it's almost all of your face and it's also the opening to your body mm -hmm. if you had a big infection somewhere on your leg and your arm you wouldn't just let it go because you could see how that could lead to organ failures and potentially death and serious mm -hmm. problems but we don't think of our mouth but our mouth is the only opening almost everything that enters our mouth through you know including air and toxins and bacteria and viruses go through our mouth so your mouth has to stay healthy for that reason the second thing i wanted to make sure that everybody realizes and think about it is your mouth is more than just cavities and crooked teeth. Mm. Your mouth's health or disease can impact everything, literally from conception, because it impacts fertility and health of pregnancy, mm -hmm. then airway and development, then how the kids do in school and psychological health and mental health. And as the kids get older, become adults, the kind of person they meet and the date, so it impacts their dating life and it impacts how much money they make, you know, how, how nice your smile is. Then it, as they get older, it impacts almost every chronic disease or many chronic diseases, and we are learning more and more. And because of all these things, it impacts longevity of a person. So it impacts the quality and the quantity of every person's life and your children's life. So I just want to make sure that people really uh, take their oral health a lot more seriously. But also remember, that it's really easy to take care of your mouth. You just got to go to the dentist a couple of times a year, a good dentist, find someone that you respect and you, uh, you feel like they really know about the mouth more than just, they're not just mechanics filling the teeth. So find the right dentist, find the right oral care products, and you should have a very, very healthy mouth, and by extension, a healthy mental health and a healthy body. Awesome. What a great way to wrap up. Well, Dr. Haas, please tell everybody how we can find you. Great. So uh, my book is available everywhere, you know, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, your favorite bookstore, or you can go to our website, themouthbook.com. And uh, we also have a new oral care product company com com uh, getting released out later this summer. Uh, it's called Supermouth. So that website is supermouth.com. Oh, perfect. Well, we'll make sure that those links are also in the show notes so that people can find you. And uh, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. Pleasure is mine. Thank you very much. Thank you. This has been the Teaching Your Toddler podcast with Mary Jo Tinlin. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you'll find us on our website at teachingyourtoddler.com, as well as on Facebook at Teaching Your Toddler on Instagram and on Twitter at Teaching Toddler. So join us again, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much.